Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, whatever the case may be. From across the Americas and around the globe, you're listening to the Homestead Mentor Live Show on the radio home of the Homestead Mentor community. Doug Dillon here, your Homestead Mentor, food security champion, and host for this Tuesday, March 2nd edition of the show. It's 9.30 on the east, that makes it 6.30 on the left. Slop the hogs, have the trees, feed the chickens, check the bees, aquaponics, off the grid, solar, power, feed the kids, firewood, rabbit stew, vermiculture, garden, two, that's the life of... Well, that got cut a little short. Anyway, uh, good evening. It's Tuesday. Hope everyone's doing well. Um, not sure what happened there. There's a whole bunch of things I'm going to be trying tonight that uh, could fall flat, or who knows, maybe um, I'll take to them uh, nicely and uh, all will go well. But uh, one of those things is I wanted to talk about observations. So... Um, I notice that as I'm getting older, I notice the cycles, cycles in life, cycles in the day, cycles in the year. Um, I'm noticing these things more and more. And I want to call that out that it, it's, um, you know, I'm, I'm making more observations of the world around me. And uh, some of those that I'm noticing are, uh, I'm seeing more sun. The sun seems to be out a little bit more frequently. And when I say recently, I mean the last couple of days, the last three or four days maybe. And I'm also noticing that there are more hours of light. So uh, it's, it's staying light later into the evening when, uh, you know, before it was shortly after dinner, it would be dark. And now it is so you know, moving, pushing seven o'clock uh, before it's getting dark. So that's, that's something I'm noticing. Another thing I'm noticing is that there are, there's a smell of spring in the air. And I noticed this about two days ago, um, but it was fairly warm two days ago. And I also noticed that this morning though, and this morning it was significantly colder. So um, again, observations, it's worth taking the time to, uh, to recognize what's going on around you and um, and make sense of it. So things like staying in tune with the seasons and uh, being aware of your surroundings, it's a good thing. So observations. And those who, who keep uh, journals, I think, do a much better job of this sort of thing. But for gardeners and homesteaders, um, it's, it's very important. Okay, so on the show tonight... Like I said, there's a whole bunch of things I'm going to be trying that are that's new. The show could go long, or I could completely flop and just and just uh, wrap it up. Um, so we'll see what happens. But uh, on the show tonight, I plan on going through a couple of headlines. This is a, a live a radio broadcast, not necessarily just a podcast. I do publish it as a podcast, but it's really intended to be a live discussion. And part of that live discussion, it's traditional, I think, to, uh, to talk about the news or to have the news. And while I don't want to get bogged down in um, you know, all of the doom and gloom of the, of the headlines, there are always a couple that catch my eye that I think are most important, and I'm going to share those. Or I think I'm going to share those. At least I will tonight. Um, and... 
Uh, I invite you, if you'd like to join the show and give me your feedback, what what are the headlines that are uh, catching your attention? You can give me a call at 330-440-0735. Again, 330-440-0735. Or you can always smash the red button on homesteadmentorradio.com and you can join the show by your uh, computer's audio. And of course, if you want to uh, reach out to us anytime, you can uh, send an email to Doug at uh, da Dylan. Or no, I'm sorry, Doug at um, homesteadmentor.com. I just realized I do not have, uh, I do not have the chat window up. So I'm going to do that now. I see that our good friend Patriot Mike is out there. Hello, good evening. Mr. Patriot Mike. Um, okay, so I think I have a chat window open. Okay, um, so we're going to do some news headlines. We're going to do some uh, listener mail. Um, and I have to be honest, it's a little secret. I made up these two people. They didn't actually send anything in. This is, I made it up and I made up their questions. But eventually, people will send stuff in, right? Okay, so we'll have listener mail after we do the headlines. Uh, and then I found a, a neat little uh, hack uh, for keeping your chicken's water clean. So we're going to talk about that. And then uh, we're going to talk about a fascinating homestead story of bravery and conviction. Um, I read this a couple of days ago, and I've been trying to figure out a way to introduce it. And uh, I think we're going to have a standing uh, monthly series, maybe, where we take a look at history and we find a character uh, in the the era of the 1860s, 70s, 80s, uh, and we kind of explore what their world was like uh, and and compare it uh, maybe to, to what our world is like today. Uh, then we're going to give a little community update and uh, admittedly there isn't a whole lot there because the community is not very large yet, but we'll start to give a community update. Um, and then I have another feature where we're going to talk about how pigs destroy everything. Um, and then there's a few other things that we're going to talk about as well as we go through the show. Okay. So that's what's on deck. Now I think... One of these days, I will actually have some bumper music. I think they call it bumper music, or maybe they call it, um, what do they call it, stingers? I don't know, but there's a little music segues, and I'll, I don't have those loaded right now, so um, we'll, we'll do that some other time. But a quick uh, couple things I wanted to point out. One is um, I started posting the... Uh, recordings of the show to brighteon.com. If you're not familiar with Brighteon, this is uh, the Mike Adams um, video streaming service. I believe he was banned from pretty much all the social media, so he started his own. And uh, so I started posting my videos there. It's a smaller community, not unlike Gab. I think it's much smaller than Gab, actually. Um, so the neat thing about Brighteon is it's uh, it's small enough that you, you that people may recognize that you're posting uh, things there. So if you are joining us tonight from uh, Brighteon, as I just got those loaded today, welcome, welcome. And of course, if you're joining from uh, hearing about us from Gab, uh, welcome as well. 
Okay, so I do want to promote the Gab Group. The Gab Group is really the central uh, piece to this uh, whole show. This show represents that group, uh, or is intended to, and it's an opportunity for us to have a discussion, not just uh, you know text and pictures back and forth within the group, but be able to come uh, to the show each night and and have a conversation. And that's why you can join in uh, by calling live, or if you don't want to actually have your voice on air, you're welcome to uh, send an email or uh, join us uh, on the chat. Okay. Um, oh, the other thing I wanted to call out is, and I haven't called it out in a few days, is the My Local Alternative. So, uh, what was it? I don't know, several weeks ago or more, I, I just watched as, as companies were being canceled um, by, I guess really what it was, was when Amazon um, took Parler off, uh, off the, uh, well, pretty much just knocked Parler out. Um, I wasn't a Parler fan. I didn't really know a whole lot about Parler. I think I had an account with Parler, but I, I don't think I really did much with it. Um, but the fact that Amazon had the ability and did um, take them offline really woke me up. And I realized that we give way too much power to a, a lot of centralized authorities. And Amazon, in, in a sense, is a centralized authority. Um, and they have gobbled up a huge market share uh, of pretty much everything that they touch. So my idea was, what if we had a local alternative to Amazon? And we do. Um, in most cases, we do. And the idea is to have a directory, and that directory would be decentralized. So uh, what I'd like to do is, is build out the software, and that software would be built in something like a Joomla or a WordPress or both and uh, build out the marketing materials and the, uh, and the graphics and the software, and then hand that off to local, um, I don't want to say activists, but local enthusiasts who could then stand that website up and uh, help their local companies list their products so that when someone goes to search for something on an Amazon, they could go search for that exact same thing in the My Local Alternative and um, find out who in their local area carries that product or something similar to it. And uh, I'm going with the mindset that if I can't find it local, then I probably don't need it. Okay? So that's what my local alternative is. What I'm looking for is to build a, a large enough team so that we can then uh, start to uh, start to build it out. We are not going to be recruiting the companies and, and soliciting the companies to list their, their products. We are simply building the model and the software that, uh, that those that people in local communities can uh, can use to do so. So um, once we get a large enough group, then I will host a conference call and we can start talking about what this looks like but we need we probably need 15 or 20 people to get this thing off the ground and you don't have to have any special skills just a desire to make a difference all right so i'm rambling on about this a lot you can go out to gab.com search for the group my local alternative and join and as soon as we get 15 or 20 people then expect a um a message that has uh, a scheduling for a conference call so we can get that thing off the ground. Okay. So that is my local alternative. Okay. Headlines. 
And this is where normally I think I would have music that would be like, you know, the dun 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 um, that indicates that uh, it's news. So the two headlines that I saw that were, um, that really caught my eye. One is that Facebook deletes another life site post as part of its ongoing vaccine censorship. So I know vaccine anti-vax is, uh, um, that's like uh, pro-life and, and pro-abortion. Those, it's oil and water. Those two groups, um, <laughs> there's not a lot of gray area, right? But the fact that, that Facebook finds itself um, more and more, Facebook, YouTube, Google, uh, Twitter, um, really the censorship and I realize they aren't government entities, but they are the modern-day town square. Whether you like it or not, they're the modern-day town square. Uh, when we start, um, I saw Amazon was banning some books, and Amazon has knocked out about every bookstore. And so there's a certain there's a certain responsibility I think you have if you're going to take on um, wiping out all those businesses. And then you're going to decide that you can determine what uh, what books can be sold. Um, it's a slippery slope. When Facebook decides what can be shared and what can't be shared, it's a slippery slope. And it just, my blood starts to boil. Um, this is, this we, we've got to be careful. Uh, and I see, it, it almost seems like this is a daily occurrence where I'm seeing more and more censorship. And it almost becomes numbing. And we can't be numb. We have to speak out. And, and we have to let others know that this isn't right. Right? This just isn't right. You may, you may be a pro-vaccine person, um, but you should still be anti-censorship. It's, it's the American way. I mean, we're allowed to disagree, and we should disagree and be able to, to have healthy debate and robust debate. Anyway, so that was one that I saw that was a um, significant to me, and I've been seeing them with, with too great a frequency. If you want to call in and, and have any comments on that, feel free to give me a call, 330-440-0735. The other headline that I saw was um, on the Gateway Pundit, the domino effect. Mississippi governor announces businesses can reopen at full capacity and ends the mask mandate. I think Texas started this today and now Mississippi. Uh, and earlier, I think it was one of the Dakotas actually passed a law that said you can't mandate masks. Um, I don't, the truth is, is you really can't mandate masks. Um, it's illegal to begin with, but, uh, Two states, I'm very encouraged if we start to see four and five and six and it just starts to, to flow. Again, if you're a, a masker or an anti-masker, doesn't matter. <laughs> it's a it, wear your mask if you want to wear a mask, but you absolutely we don't have a right to, to make other people wear masks. And if it's if it's the argument is um, it's to protect others, uh, there's a lot of things we could be doing to protect others. We could get rid of automobiles to protect others. There's, there's so many. We could eliminate uh, foods that shouldn't be consumed to protect others. And alcohol. I mean, there's just so many things. If, if truly what we're doing is we are bubble wrapping our, our society, 
um, then God help us. Uh, and I mean that literally, God help us. God help us anyway. But um, if we're bubble wrapping our society, then then we're in trouble and we've lost the American spirit. So um, I, I was encouraged to see that. Okay. Um, now transitioning to our listener mail. And again, music. Just imagine there will be music here and some maybe some... Oh, I know. Um, <laughs> I don't think I have the nerve to do it live, but I'll probably record it. If you're familiar with Blue's Clues, <laughs> I have five kids. So um, there's a little song where they go... Uh, how's it go? Um, Here's the mail that never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. Mail. Anyway, I may do something like that um, as a recording for this segment. And again, um, just full disclosure, I just made these up. One day we'll get letters in uh, and it will be essentially like this. But here we go. We're just going to pretend. I'm not an actor, was never in anything. Uh, so my acting is terrible and I know it. You don't need to, to tell me that if you feel so inclined to do so, you, there's no need. Um, Laura from Missouri writes, <laughs> uh, Laura from Missouri writes, how long have you been homesteading? So the answer to this question is, I really don't know. Um, I don't know if I would say that I'm homesteading even to, to my definition, although my definition is slowly changing. Um, so I don't know if I am considered a homesteader. I think I'm a homesteader in the making. I've been farming um, and doing homestead-like things since I was a, a kid. Um, so 40 years, maybe. Um, probably more so in the last 15 or 20 Um and sometimes in a commercial capacity where there's actually where I've derived some income from my my practices. But my definition, as I outlined in an earlier show of homesteading, I am not doing. I have a day job um, and I have a day job and we have electricity and we have uh, too many modern conveniences. Um, so the answer to that question is, is I, I think, according to my own definition, I'm not homesteading today. All right, so then Joe from Arkansas writes, um, if I don't have room to have a big garden and animals, which should I choose? Uh, and uh, Joe, that's a great question. <laughs> the uh, the make-believe Joe. Um, so the reason I bring this up is I, sometimes um, we can see things kind of, I think the word is myopic. We can, you know, tunnel vision, and it's one or the other. Um, there are a lot of alternatives that maybe could allow for both. For example, chickens. So chickens can uh, roam the garden. You just might need to keep them confined while uh, the growth is young and tender. Um, once uh, plants are in, the chickens aren't going to bother too much. And what little bit they get, that's okay, right? Um, and and since eggs are great, a good source of protein, uh, the chickens can scratch and help uh, fertilize soil and add nitrogen back to the soil. So you could keep chickens and you could keep uh, have a good-sized garden. You could do the same thing with rabbits. Um, uh, so... It, it, but if I had only, if I could only garden or uh, raise animals, I would probably pick the gardening because I could get animal, I could get my meat uh, through hunting. 
Um, and not that you couldn't wildcraft for uh, or forage for um, foods, but it would be significantly more effort would be required to forage uh, for for uh, for vegetables. Okay, so that is the listener mail, and then we'd have some exit music at this point. Um, it'd be catchy uh, and all that good stuff. So, yeah, Patriot Mike says, we've been writing our legislature to open up our state. God bless you. Um, same here. And, you know, by the way, um, you know, a lot of times we get frustrated by what can I do? You really can't. That is one thing we can do. We can just write them every single day. And not a form letter, um, but write them or call them. Because for every person that, that calls or writes, they know that there are many more um, that just didn't take the time to do it but feel the same way. So the more we write and the more we call, um, for the most part, they're, they're going to hear that message. Um, and if you absolutely have a politician that doesn't hear your message uh, or doesn't, hear the me- doesn't get the message, then maybe it's time to uh, work to move that person out. But, uh, yeah, good, good reminder, Mike, that um, we, we can still do that, and we should do it, and, and daily. You know, write a letter one day. Uh, it doesn't have to be long, right? Um, it can be brief, uh, and then make a phone call. And, you know, my wife just asked me, uh, who is our state rep? And I, and I told her, and she said, no, that's not who it is. And I said, well, yeah, it is. And then she said, no, it's this other person. I'm like, I've never even heard of that person. And... Um, turns out that I tend to be too focused on what's happening at the federal level. And what she was asking me was, who is our, the representative to our, to our state house? And she's interested in seeing something get passed. And so she wanted to reach out to our, our state house rep. And it kind of struck me that I'm too focused on the federal level and not the state or local. And the truth is that's where the action is. Um, the media covers the, the federal level, but the state and county and, and town, they have much more impact on us uh, on a day-to-day basis than the federal uh, government does. Anyway, yep, thanks, Mike, for that, uh, calling that out. Okay. Oh, yeah, hey, send your questions um, to Doug at homesteadmentor.com or leave a post on the Homestead Mentor group. So that's one way we'll capture these, uh, these, uh, the mail room or the listener mail, if you will, is uh, Doug at homesteadmentor.com or a post on the Gab um, Homestead Mentor group. Okay, now, clean water hack. So I don't know about you, but um, I've kept chickens for years and years and years, and I've always, I'm, I'm trying to think if this is a true statement, I've always used traditional waterers. Is that true? I think it is. So I've always used those bell waterers, whether it's the, the metal thing that slides over the, um, the top and forms a vacuum, or it's, uh, you know, the plastic ones that, uh, you know, the three and eight gallon ones that just sit there with the tray that goes all the way around, or the the little tiny things that you take a mason jar and screw it onto. And I, it, I've always used those as waters. And I don't know why, actually, I haven't done something different because I, I hate them. 
it bothers me um, to see the chickens. They'll roost on top of the thing, and then you know what happens wherever they, they well, I shouldn't say roost, where they'll perch on top and they'll they'll just sit there and they'll poop on it. And then you got poop in the water, and and so you got to clean the poop out. And I always feel like, well, when did they do that? If they did that 12 hours ago, then how long have they been drinking poopy water? Or did they do it two minutes ago? And I clean, you know, it's so, I hate it. Um, So this is a neat hack. So I saw on uh, Pinterest or one of those things, I'm not a Pinterest guy, but I saw a picture that I think took me to a Pinterest article. Um, and what it was is those, uh, the little, uh, watering nipples that you can buy for almost nothing. And they had, uh, put that through a two liter, uh, cap and then just filled the two liter with water, screwed the cap on, turned it upside down. And they had like three or four of these things all lined up and attached to, um, a post and the chickens could go at it. Now, in winter, that's going to be tough because in winter, that's going to freeze, and those things don't work so well if you're in a, um, a northern climate. But check it out. Um, and it really is as simple as that. I, I was going to put a picture in the show notes, and I thought, well, I don't have rights to that picture, so I'm not going to post the picture. Um, but I'm probably going to try this myself in the next uh, couple of weeks so i'll post a picture then but it's really that simple you just get one of those uh, little um, watering nipples and uh, probably just take a heat up like a coat hanger um, get it real hot and then push it through the 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 uh, bottle cap so it'll melt right through and then put the uh, um put the one end of the water nipple up in there and and i don't know how we'd seal it we'll figure that out and but then you've got a water and they can't they can't mess it up and you could have as many of those as you need for as many um as many birds as you have okay so i thought that was a neat hack all right next a brief story about uh, um, a homesteader in the 1800s. So back when I said that my definition of homesteading is changing, part of it's changing because of the show, actually. I'm forced to think about it more, and I'm doing research more so that I can talk about things like this. Uh, And I'm fascinated by the, the era, and I thought I didn't know this at all. So you have to forgive me if I'm way behind the times, but I did not know this was um, the, this was a fact. But back when the Homestead Act was uh, passed, Lincoln's idea was to really give the small landowners a chance to have a farm of their own and to ultimately to compete with the large uh, plantations of the South. Because the South, one of the, one of the stipulations of the act was you could not have taken up arms against the United States, which meant that a lot of the Southern farmers were excluded. So you couldn't go uh, and, and get that land. Um, but it meant, ultimately what it meant was uh, slaves or former slaves could make claims. And many of them did. 
Now, not the majority of them, but many did. Um, and if you think about it, it makes sense, right? <clears throat> if you're, Homesteading is a tough life, especially in the 1800s. Um, and it required skill. It required knowing how to work a farm. Um, and it required uh, not being afraid of hard work. And so here you had, uh, if you're a former slave, you have both. You're not afraid of hard work. And you probably have a, a, a lot of the skills required in order to make it. And so there were a lot of um, former slaves <clears throat> or freed slaves that, uh, that homesteaded. I didn't realize that. Um, I don't know why, but I just really never thought about it. But I found that fascinating. But here's what I find even more fascinating is um, Annie Morgan. So Annie Morgan... And, and here's the thing. It didn't matter if you were um, white or black or male or female. It, the whole idea was um, populating the West. And so there were many single um, freed uh, slaves that were female that made claims. And Annie Morgan was one of them. Uh, what I find interesting about Annie was she was 44 years old when she made her claim. Um, and I think I saw that the average life expectancy of a woman in that era was 46. So you want to talk about a second act. I mean, here she was. Her life had to be very tough. Uh, and she she certainly didn't shy away from um from more tough. And I just can't imagine as a single black woman in the 1800s, uh, going West, but she did. And she claimed she made her claim. She got her 160 acres of land. Um, and the neat little story about Annie, a couple stories actually is she, apparently she understood or she knew some had some medical training, uh, or some herbal medical training, because she came across some uh, gentleman um, one day who was uh, not doing so well by a riverside. And she took that gentleman in and nursed him back to health. Uh, I guess from the story, as I understand it, um, he was probably close to death, but she brought him back, nursed him back to health, and he stayed with her. And so the two of them, um, we don't know if they, it wasn't as though they got married. We don't know if it was romantic or if it was just a friendship, but the two of them stayed together and shared a house and they sold um, fruits and vegetables. So they made their living uh, by selling fruits and vegetables. And I think on occasion, uh, as folks would be traveling through, um, they would uh, rent out a room uh, for uh, folks as they were passing by. So um, eventually, uh, she actually died. I think, I think she died when she, in 1914. And the gentleman that, that moved in with her, it was her homestead, was able to um, claim her. So she left it to him. She wanted him to have it. And it took him a number of years, but I think uh, eventually, I forget what year it was, but he did uh, end up inheriting that 160-acre uh, farm. And 
Can you imagine if you were born into slavery and you, uh, at the end of your life, um, have 160 acres that you're able to then uh, will to uh, someone who you've, who you've grown fond of, and I'm sure that they loved each other in some capacity. But I just found that as an interesting story. So that's Annie Morgan. Um, and I love telling stories like that because it, I'm sure Annie would not, wouldn't, couldn't even imagine that one day in 2021, um, over this crazy thing called the internet, someone would be telling her story. I'm doing a poor job of telling her story, but nonetheless, her story has been told. Hey, if you go out to the show notes, this is in number eight on the show notes. So special, a brief story about Annie Morgan. There's a link to where I found this. Uh, Don't read all the stories that you're going to find there because I'm going to tell them uh, as we go along. Or really what I hope to do is get the author who wrote the story, who's who's a great writer, by the way, I hope to get her on the show to tell the stories for us. I'm guessing she'll do a much better job uh, of telling the story. But I found this on homestead.org, uh, and the the person who wrote the article is Barbara Bamberger Scott. And um, I've read three or four of her pieces, and they're all kind of in the same theme. But she's a really good writer and tells the story well. So uh, check it out if you're more if you if you're interested in that. Okay. Um, obviously, you can see I'm going long, right? So there's a good chance that as we keep moving forward, the shows might start to stretch into closer to an hour. And of course, if we have guests, um, then I'm expecting that they probably will last an hour. My hope is, is that we would have guests for the two primary topics. And what I just did was what I would consider one of the primary topics. I've kind of figured out... Um, a schedule. And I've noticed that on a lot of talk shows, what they have is they have a rotation of special guests who have a specialty. And that person comes on every couple weeks, every month, whatever, uh, and, and, uh, you know, adds value to the show. So my hope is, is that folks like Barbara Bamberger Scott could be a regular guest on the show where she can tell her story and, uh, let us know what she's up to. Um, and we can kind of spread that word, uh, for her. Okay. Uh, So I want to call attention to the Grow Model Workbook. I'm still working on it. I promise. This weekend, I did not get to do anything um, really on the Grow Model Workbook. I had a a brief amount of time and I used that more for organization um, because I need a couple of hours to be able to kind of get in the, the zone. I am going to be off a couple of days this week, so I'm hoping to make some progress, and then this weekend I'm hoping to make some more progress. So, but if you're if you're interested in getting a copy of the Grow Model Workbook, go to homesteadmentor.com and fill out the little form. The form it just says uh, what's your name, what's your email address, and as soon as this thing is done, I will send you a PDF PDF version of the workbook. And the whole concept of the workbook is uh, to help. Uh, planning to know what uh, you want to grow, how much of it to grow, um, how you're going to um, start it from seed, uh, how many seeds to start, how many to start indoors, how many to start outdoors, how many you're going to transplant, how much garden space you need, how much uh, canning or freezer space you need, storage space. So it's basically the whole cycle of food. The whole concept here is at the end of the day, um, you have a model or a series of models that help us to determine um, 
how to provide all or most of the food for our family. So that's the Grow Model Workbook, and that is will be a free PDF if you uh, just shoot me your uh, name and email. Okay, again, I want to remind folks that Brighton is B-R-I-G-H-T. T-E-O-N, brighteon.com, is a video sharing service. And I loaded all of the previous shows and will be loading all of the shows going forward to Brighteon. It is another, it is a much smaller community than Gab. And I expect that we'll start picking up uh, more more listeners. We already had a couple of listeners to this show that I think um, originated uh, from Brighton. So, uh, welcome to anyone who's listening from Brighton. And then of course I want to call out again, the Gab group. Um, I want to see the Gab group grow. So if you are already a member, great. Thank you. Uh, please contribute. Let us know what you're up to. Um, what are you finding that's successful? What are you working on? What are you struggling with? What questions do you have? What advice do you have? Uh, like I said yesterday, a lot of times we don't share things that uh, with others, or at least I don't, because I think that if I know it, then everyone else knows it. And that may or may not be the case. So if you uh, are doing something and you share it with us, uh, you may find that uh, just like that, that, um, that watering hack, um, I've been raising chickens since I was eight and I've never thought of anything like that. So anyway, share and share in the gab group. And if you're not in a member of the gab group, then go join the gab group. So it's gab.com, uh, go to groups, search for homestead mentor and then join. Okay. Yesterday I had mentioned, uh, uh, and we went through a number of definitions for things and I mentioned yearling. So I thought, well, let's come back and, and let's define yearling. Um, so this is a simple one. Uh, now this is my definition. A yearling is, uh, an animal that is less than two years old, but more than a year. It's that simple. So it could have calved last year. Um, and it will be a yearling, um, this year. Okay. That's a yearling. Now, like I said, the community happenings. Uh, this is where I'd like to then kind of summarize what we're seeing on the, uh, the group. Uh, again, some people like to consume things by reading them. Some like to watch them. Some like to hear them. So this would be the hearing. And it's just the general, uh, here's what we're up to, and maybe calling attention to something if it's not getting a response, uh, or maybe even respond to it on the air so that... Uh, Again, if one person has a question, then probably a hundred people have a question that uh, answering um, would be beneficial to to a bunch. Okay. 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 Let's talk about pigs destroy everything. So this is one of those things where I feel like uh, I'm not going to be telling, I'm not going to be adding any value, but I might. And maybe because you don't, you've never raised pigs, you're thinking about raising pigs, or you've raised pigs and you like the watering thing, you've just never thought of this. But here's my thing with pigs. I, they destroy everything. Um, it, and it's amazing how, and they destroy it with such efficiency. They are so strong. Uh, in fact, you know, I'm going to be loading pigs onto the, 
um, into the trailer tomorrow. And one of the techniques I use when I load cattle is I'm cautious because I don't want to get kicked. Um, so I will have a, a small, uh, you know, like a four foot gate and I'll use that gate to kind of help, help corral them, but also so that I don't get kicked. Uh, and push them along a little bit. I like to load by letting the animal just read my mind. Um, I don't know if that makes sense, but a lot of times I will just stand there with the um, trailer open and just kind of letting them know, hey, I, I want you to go in there. And it's amazing if I'm calm and everyone around is calm. Typically, they load pretty easily. But there are occasions where you might get a couple in a squeeze spot and they get a little nervous. Um, that just a little extra nudge helps them move in the right direction. And so I'll use a gate for that. And I thought, well, you know, why don't I do that with the pigs? The reason I don't do it with the pigs is the pigs don't respond to it. <laughs> I mean, they'll just sit there. They'll just, or they'll push back on me where the cows typically don't. Um, the pigs do, they'll push back. And so I think that's just their mindset. Um, anyway, uh, so my advice with pigs if you can get whatever it is you're trying to do in welded steel or welded metal, um, then you're much better off than in some other configuration. So if something is bolted together, it won't last long. If it's wood and it's screw and nails, it ain't going to last long at all. So um, welded metal whenever possible. Here's another thing. Um, if there is a manufactured product specific for pigs, it's probably worth it. Uh, so, you know, you read the, <clears throat> read the reviews and kind of do your homework a little bit, especially if it's welded steel and not bolted <laughs> or wood. Um, but uh, my, my one exception to not being DIY. When it comes to pigs, you're probably better off. And it's probably worth the money to buy a manufactured product if it's specifically for pigs and its quality. There's a lot of things you can do with cattle that you can just do, you can make on your own. But I'm just finding that when it comes to waterers and, and feeders, um, <laughs> pigs just, they tear them up. Housing is a tough one. Um, yeah, you know, for the most part, if you, you give pigs uh, protection from rain so they don't get wet, um, that's pretty much that's pretty much going to do it. If you try to give them walls, unless those walls, again, are probably metal um, and it's a nice little house that you've built. But again, you want to be able to make that portable. Um, they're going to tear it up. They will stand in their food and in their water. And this is why if you, if you have pigs, you already know this. Um, but I have tried to feed pigs for years in just the, those black, uh, you know, dishes. And I'll have like eight or nine of them. And I'll go around and put a scoop of, uh, of organic uh, grain in each one. And they just, they'll stand in it. They'll take one bite from theirs and then they'll run to the next one. It's just, it's like a, it's just chaos. Uh, whereas those manufactured feeders where they've got the little flip up 
uh, lids. And so as soon as the pig gets the bite and it pulls back, it closes the lid, it prevents them from getting too riled up and too crazy. And then they spill the feed and, and waste it or worse stand in it. The same thing with water. Um, pigs, you know, are not going to have clean water, uh, if it isn't, uh, constantly flowing, which is why, um, one of the things that I did in the last pig area that we had, is I took advantage of a creek, uh, that we, one of the creeks that we have on the farm. And I dug out a, a little section where the pigs could just get their head f- heads into the water, uh, but they couldn't stand in it unless they wanted to get shocked by the electric fence. And the creek could keep going about its business, which means that we had always had running water, and it w- so it was always clean. Uh, but anyway, uh, advice on pigs: uh, they destroy everything. You you have you just have to reinforce and reinforce again whatever it is that you're trying to use, which is why purchasing manufactured uh, stuff for pigs is probably a wise investment. Okay, update on the um, <clears throat> on our homestead. So today was simply maintenance. There was nothing really that was done. It was a, it was a work day for me. Uh, we fed and took care of animals as we do every day, but there was no extra activity. Uh, tomorrow, there will be additional activity because tomorrow... Uh, we'll be taking two hogs to slaughter, and I'll share that with you tomorrow. Hey, the last thing on each show is, you know, I, I started uh, years ago, and then I stopped doing this, and I want to get back to it. So this is, uh, I figure for the most part, people aren't listening anymore, although I, I see that some are. Um, so this is really more for me, but you are welcome to join me in this. I started years ago to read uh, a prov- a chapter of Proverbs every day. And there are 31 Proverbs. And so it works out well that if it's the second of the month, I'll read Proverbs 2, chapter 2. And for the days that have 31 days, then I'll read the entire book of Proverbs in that month. For uh, months that have 30 days, then I will read to Proverbs chapter 30, and I will start over again on chapter 1, so I'll skip, uh, I'll miss uh, chapter 31. But anyway, I'm going to read every night, the whatever day of the week it is, or whatever the day of the month it is, I'm going to read that chapter in Proverbs. And I invite you to join me, uh, or do it yourself, um, but certainly join me, and um, that would be fantastic. So, Proverbs chapter 2. My son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding, yes, if you cry out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and finding the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth, comes knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity, guarding the paths of justice and preserving the way of his saints. Then you will understand righteousness and justice and equity, every good path, for wisdom will come into your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will watch over you. Understanding will guard you, delivering you from the way of evil, from men of perverted speech who forsake the paths of uprightness to walk in the ways of darkness, who rejoice in doing evil and delight in the perverseness of evil. 
men whose paths are crooked and who are devious in their ways. You will be saved from the loose woman, from the adventures with her smooth words, who forsakes the companion of her youth and forgets the covenant of her God. For her house sinks down to death and her path to the shades. None who go to her come back, nor do they regain the paths of life. So you will walk in the way of good men and keep to the paths of righteous. For the upright will inhabit the land, and men of integrity will remain in it. But the wicked will be cut off from the land, and the treacherous will be rooted out of it. So, thank you for... Listening to this March 2nd edition of Homestead Mentor, the live show. We will be back here again tomorrow evening at 9.30 p.m. Eastern. And we'll go till 10, 10.30, whatever the case may be. Uh, I'd like to know if this was, uh, there's anything in here you'd like to see kept, anything you'd like to see uh, dropped. Any feedback is greatly appreciated. And again, have a great evening and we will talk tomorrow. Thank you.